Okay, hi everyone, welcome to the Lead Boldly podcast number two. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about Dieter Ram's 10 Principles of Good Design. Uh, so let's start off with a quote from Don Norman, as he says in The Design of Everyday Things. Design is really an act of communication, which means having a deep understanding of the person with whom the designer is communicating. You see, most designers don't design things for people. They design solutions to their own problems. For example, they want to make attractive things, they want to finish some projects. When Don wrote The Design of Everyday Things, he was speaking about kettles, microwaves, doors. But the same concepts apply to user interfaces, public transportation systems, megastructures like the CN Tower, which Dot Urban Centers. Design is everywhere. Um, and that's where this uh, podcast comes in. We're going to talk about the value of good design, which is where uh, Dieter Rams comes in. So. To understand Dieter Ram's 10 design principles, we'll briefly detour into who Dieter is and the background of design theory, which is the origin of his flavor of design. So Dieter Rams is a retired German industrial designer and academic. His consumer products company Braun introduced the world to functionalist design. In functionalist design, the purpose intended for the object, for instance a razor's purpose is to cut hair, is the guiding force behind its design. Every decision about the object, the shape, texture, cost, is made to maximize the object's capacity to fulfill its intended purpose. It seems like an obvious decision, right? To make something that does what it does. But listen, take the newer MacBook. Uh, Apple decided to remove the very useful USB ports to reduce the thickness of the laptop. They made this decision to make it look better and seem more attractive for aesthetic reasons. Uh, designers sometimes design objects to look like they represent certain identities. Uh, fashion designers do it all the time. Most clothing is about appearance and identity rather than warmth or modesty. An example of functionalist design is making every aspect of a razor's design crafted so it more effectively cuts hair. Function and longevity are secondary considerations in this design school. This concept of functionalist design is pulled from the Vitruvian Man, which was famously drawn by Leonardo da Vinci. The Vitruvian Man is the perfect person because his proportions, muscle tone, facial appearance, and so on perfectly marry structure, function, and aesthetics. These are the three corners of the design pyramid. Designers have a lot to consider when they're crafting products, and different designers, depending on the field, temperament, and more, value different corners of the pyramid to different degrees. For instance, architects value structure over everything else, because a narrow hallway, the function of it, an ugly balcony, the aesthetics of it, are better alternatives than a collapsed floor, the structure of a building. In the later stages of Dieter's life, he began working more on the principles of design, and less in designing physical consumer products. He built an empire, and like Ray Dalio, he tried to codify everything he learned into a set of cohesive, collectively exhaustive principles. Principles we're going to explore. So, principle one, good design is innovative. Dieter believes good design cannot be derivative. It must push our understanding of an object forward. We must advance step by step from Plato's cave into the daylight with each iteration of some design, regardless of what that design is, whether it's a razor or a water bottle, it doesn't matter. And these may seem like weighty concepts for designing a kettle or a lamp, but everything you see that's been touched by human hands has been designed with purpose, and if we don't push for progress continuously, we risk stagnation and decline. Principle 2. Good design makes a product useful. Expanding beyond the function of a product, Deidre touches on the role well-designed products play in our identities, self-perceptions, and the psychological nature of things. For example, people often buy expensive cars to portray themselves as wealthy, they define their self-image through their possessions. It seems shallow, but we do it continuously uh, with the things we buy. People with Macs report feeling more creative, for instance. 
or someone with a Dyson vacuum on their wall will feel as though their house is cleaner. Regardless of the quantity of dust or whatever metric you feel is appropriate for measuring messiness, good design creates ripples beyond the product itself. Principle three, good design is aesthetic. Purity is attractive. Dieter believes effective designers should cut away the fat of an object until all that's left is its function. Dieter believes ornamentation or design for design's sake isn't aesthetic because it doesn't lend itself to the function of the object. Uh, so Dieter was a consumer products designer, whereas in fashion, the function often is the aesthetic of the piece of clothing. And so an aesthetic design is one that best captures the identity the clothing wearer wishes to represent. There's some nuance to these principles. Uh, Don Norman in Design of Everyday Things discusses affordances. These are what the design of an object naturally affords. So think the big and small hole in a pair of scissors. Without anyone explaining a thing to you, you're able to fit your hand perfectly into the handle and begin using the scissors. That's an example of a pure design with no fat, and one that uses design to explain everything about the product. Design principle four, good design makes a product understandable. Simple objects can explain everything with affordances. More complex objects like smartphones require what Don calls signifiers to act as signals for how to operate something. Take Apple's slide to unlock feature on the iPhone. Combining the shadow in the background with the air in the little gray box, it affords sliding it through the shadowed box very effectively. But Apple also puts slide to unlock text in the box to signify what the gray box does. Incredible design. Apple has IP protection on every aspect of that design because it's so effective at helping people unlock their phones. However, Apple also fails in many ways to make their phones understandable. Uh, as Bruce Tognazzini says in a recent uh, article on Apple's design mistakes, we were not present during the shift from the days of easy to use, easy to understand products where Apple could honestly brag that no manual is necessary to today's products where no manual is included but is often necessary. Uh, design principle five, good design is unobtrusive. Take the Swiss Army knife, a classic well-designed object. I've used one recently. Not only are the tools so small that they lose their ability to function as that tool, for instance the scissors are minuscule, but because of the design of the object, you're left with no choice but to carry every single tool around with you, and you likely only need one or two. As Apple designer John I says, simplicity is not the absence of clutter, simplicity is somehow essentially describing the purpose and place of an object and product. The Swiss Army knife is designed obtrusively, it's over-designed. Your car's dashboard is usually obtrusive. It has too many things, and so we inevitably use virtually none of them. One of the reasons I love reading on Medium is because it's just the content in the small sidebar on the left side of the screen. Medium is designed to not intrude in your reading experience. Unlike most reading platforms, which have videos, ads, and busy sidebars, and more distracting you from the reasons you're actually there to read. Design Principle 6. Good design is honest. When I buy inexpensive or cheap things off of Amazon, the product pages usually promise long lists of features which are shoehorned in so the product can compete with the more expensive brand name alternatives. An easy example is an LED light strip I was buying. To compete with the more expensive light strips, the manufacturer included all these unnecessary power bars, adapters, and accessories. From reading the reviews, however, it seems the power bar gets hot almost immediately and nearly set fire to several people's homes. Except, funny enough, the manufacturing was so poor of the uh, power bar, it unplugged itself before the fire got out of hand, and so didn't uh, burn his house down. Good design shows you exactly what the object does and nothing more. It doesn't imply features, quality, or longevity it can't deliver on. For instance, fake Rolexes are badly designed because they imply the quality of a Rolex without actually providing it. Those LED light strips are poorly designed, aside from the fire hazard, obviously, because they promise the user features they can't deliver on. The designers lied to me through their design. That's unethical and also just plain bad design. Design principle seven, good design is long lasting. 
H&M engages in throwaway design. They chase trends, encourage people to replace still-functioning products, and encourage short-term consumerism. Good design withstands trends. It's like blog content. You want it to be evergreen, which lasts for years and years because it covers universal topics that are always relevant. Plastic water bottles are poorly designed. They're also cheap and convenient. They function properly and balance structure, function, and to some extent aesthetics. Yet, they're floating in erosions and littering our landfills. Why? It's because they're well designed for today, but not for tomorrow. But because they're so cheap, people can replace them again and again and again, perpetually using the same water bottle, a la Plato's ideal form, but a new physical permutation. Good design withstands the withering effects of time, fading taste, and short attention spans. Good design is thorough down to the last detail. Have you ever noticed some objects are 90% well designed? Most details balance function, structure, and aesthetics wonderfully. It suits your identity and represents you well to others. But the designers mess up on some seemingly trivial detail, which derails the whole object. For instance, I recently bought a bicycle pump, which was 90% perfect. It filled my bike tires great, it was easy to use, attractive, matched my biking shorts and jerseys. It was almost perfect, except the designers used cheap plastic to secure the tube, which snapped almost immediately. Now the pump won't snap onto my tire properly, and the pump doesn't function anymore. So close. Design principle 9. A good design is environmentally friendly. Tying back into the design longevity point about H&M water bottles, good design minimizes resource use all throughout its supply chain. Excessive plastic packaging, inefficient manufacturing, for instance baby carrots, wasted human labor, all this reeks of someone designing something poorly. One reason is that we're all designers. Every one of us identifies problems, brainstorms remedies, and implements some solution which meets our defined criteria. This is design. It's solving meaningful problems, and we all do it professionally, personally, and socially. We design solutions to our friends' painful breakups. We design methods for our kids to get to karate and have time to study. Design is in every object, plan, or action taken by humanity. But most people don't recognize that, and we end up with short-sighted plastic bottles, wasteful packaging, poor quality goods which need to be replaced endlessly, and environmentally destructive inputs like metal oil and gas, which are gathered in destructive ways. We're all guilty of this, and perhaps recognizing the designer in all of us will lead people to design better solutions to the myriad of problems we're constantly confronted with. Design Principle 10. Good design is as little design as possible. This brings us to Dieter's last design principle. Good design is as little design as possible. Ornamentation, conflicting goals, for instance finishing the job quick and cheap and easy. Short-sighted behavior, social motivators like status, wealth, and power, and greed cause us to over-design the world around us and leads to the objects around us causing infuriation, frustration, and lead to us asking ourselves with bemused expressions, who possibly designed this? Look in the mirror and see the designer you are. Recognize as you go through your life the little problems that come up and how you naturally design solutions to them, which are of course of varying effectiveness. Once you're aware of that, the design principles will suddenly all make sense and you'll find yourself creating more effective, resource efficient, and beautiful solutions that will ripple to the world around you and make things better for everyone. Thank you for listening. This has been Lead Boldly Podcast number two.